that, sister. Lori Hybe, Chris Harrington, and Aaron Courtney, three broads, bringing you stories and strategies exploring manufacturing topics that challenge the status quo while laying the foundations for future success. Together with special guests, they'll celebrate what's working and unpack what is not so you can learn, grow, and succeed. You want to learn more about your hosts? Make sure to listen to episode one. Hello, ladies. Howdy. <laughs> How's everybody today? Um, I'm, I'm enjoying the sitting down because yesterday I was in a full day video shoot and it was, I always forget how exhausting that is because you're just on your feet, moving stuff around <laughs> constantly. <laughs> yeah, I heard you had a pretty exciting video shoot. Do you want to share a little snippet of what you did? Yeah, uh, started at 6 a.m. Um, we've got a, a client that's a private air um, charter company. Oh, and so, yeah, I was at the airport um, shooting all their planes and their pilots and their mechanics and um, helping them to tell their story, which is what I love to do. And it's it's so cool to have that kind of an experience. Yeah, how fun. I love that. It seems like a a great way to pull out a story. Um, Mm -hmm. I think all of us are still trying to redefine ourselves through great stories all the time. And that's something that I I know that we can always do better with. So great. And Erin, you look so relaxed, I have to say. Is life good? Thanks. Yeah. You know what? Today has been really good. Yes. (laughs) Thanks for asking. It sounds though, it's funny because everybody has a story of how busy they've been today. And there's something about this day on the calendar, (laughs) September 8th, I guess, where it just, it's coming. It's coming. We're doing that fall thing. So um, I'm just excited to be here with you guys today. And of course, with our special guest. Yes, Uh, we have a guest today. Trish Stewart is with us. Let me tell you a little bit about Trish to get us kicked off. So After teaching middle school for almost a decade, Trish found the translation and localization industry over a summer hiatus. Isn't that interesting how we always find something after we've relaxed a little bit? Mm -hmm. Um, Thinking it would be, you know, just a temporary job. Now, 22 years later, she is the U.S. Director for Terralingua Translations, who translates content in over a hundred different languages for manufacturers and exporters worldwide. How cool is that? That Yeah. Um, So Trish and I met uh, as members of AEM. So if you guys uh, who are listening and aren't familiar with AEM, I definitely recommend you check it out, but it is the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. And we both um, serve on the Technical Publications Committee. So Trish, thank you for being here. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited to uh, connect with your listeners and hopefully help them expand uh, their opportunities in the global marketplace. Well, I definitely know you can do that. Um, I've heard you speak. So um, I had the first impression, you know, just watching you uh, speak to the rest of the manufacturing group. 
But before we get into some of our other questions, I'm curious if you can just share a little bit about yourself, maybe something that people wouldn't naturally know about you. Oh, goodness, Chris. Well, you know, I've been in this business for a while, but probably the most entertaining time I've had was with the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. They throw the greatest annual conference ever. And I was called on stage to play drums with Pink's drummer. <laughs> was oh, that's cool. awesome. Oh, how cool is that? I love that. Yeah. So that had to be pretty um pretty special. I don't think too many people know about it, uh, even though it was a very large audience. And I still hear about it from <laughs> my uh, colleagues who were there. Uh, but oh. it was it was great. Mark Schulman is his name. Uh, Pink calls him Disneyland, I believe is okay. his, okay. his uh, Interesting. little nickname. And so did you, you were on the kit? Is this yes. And then you just, did you just let it rip? Uh, well, he was giving me a drum lesson in front of I don't oh know how many uh, <laughs> CEOs and, you That's know, awesome. leading wow. manufacturers, no pressure right. at all, no pressure at all to perform, <laughs> but yeah, um, no, I actually have my, my drum, if you want to see it, I'll show it to you before the end of the show. Here. <laughs> okay, we got to see that. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> we'd like to hear it as well. Awesome. <laughs> Well, well, we know, you know what I love about these kind of questions, they kind of, they tell us a little bit about you. And I think what I just learned is that you have guts and I love it. And I think that that's what it takes to do what you do. You know, it's, um, languages are intimidating for a lot of people mm -hmm. and to be sort of a conduit to help people communicate, which is the most important thing we can do um, with one another is that's a really courageous thing to do. So um, I'm excited to learn more about how you go about doing that. Yeah. Well, that I, there is some magic that happens. So let's <laughs> go out the curtain and let you see behind the curtain as to what's going on in the fabulous world of Oz here. But um, we, we have a very specific process where we use native speaking in country professional translators who have the experience in the background. And I know that it is intimidating for a lot of companies to make the investment and to jump into another market. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes before they make that investment or a partnership with someone, they'll say, oh, let's just Google translate this, or maybe uh, this salesperson or this distributor who knows how to speak it, let's just have them do it. And, um, you know, there are many different ways that you can go about translating things, of course, but I don't think people think about the implications of the method. It's almost, I, I say to people all the time, maybe it's best just not even to put your toe in that water unless you're ready to do it the right way, right? Because you don't want to sink once you step out into that water because it affects your company's reputation, as Chris knows with the AM, because we both spoke at the, the safety and liability seminar, yeah. you know, people's lives are at risk if yeah. something is not communicated properly. Mm -hmm. So there are so many things that play into it. And um, it is it is a lot for people to think about. And so that's why it's so important to know. And this is where hopefully I can help you all today to know some inside information to help you make the best decisions for your company and for going forward because 
Um, you don't just want it to be based on cost. I mean, yes, cost is important. And hopefully with what I can share, you'll know how to leverage that as well whenever you step out and venture into another market. Yeah, I thank you for the background because I think it's a great lead in to the to the first question, which is really for our audience, what is the most important thing that you think they should know when they're going for translation services? Well, whenever you're interviewing and so like we talked about, there are many different ways to do it. So if you decide that you want to enter into a partnership with a translation provider, there are all these great acronyms out there, but they're oftentimes called LSP, which is a language service provider. So you decide to go into a partnership with someone the most important thing for you to know, and it's sort of like a dating question, right? Um, I, I liken it to if you'd be interviewing a photographer. And mm-hmm. if you'd be interviewing a photographer and you would say, um, do I have ownership of the digital images, right? Mm-hmm. Of that, that part of the asset. Mm-hmm. This is what is similar with the, something called the translation memory. So whenever, before you enter into a partnership or you invest in translation, my qualifying question would be for anyone would be, do I have ownership of the translation memory? Because if you don't have ownership of the translation memory, whenever you make the investment into professional translation, you won't be able to repurpose or it's going back to the digital photography, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say, okay, I all I want is this eight by 10 for grandma, right? Right. But really you might want to later on, oh, there's another opportunity over here to repurpose that picture. Mm-hmm. But I can't because I don't have the asset that I need to do that. I mean, I can do it, but it's not going to look very good to go scan it. You know, well, I was going to say Kinko's, but Kinko's isn't around anymore. But if I go (laughs) scan it on my scanner or something, it's not going to be the same. Yeah. Translation memory allows you what it is. And, and please, I can, I get so excited about this. I think that I told you I'm like the blues brothers where I feel like I'm on a mission from God to tell everybody this, but tell us, great, sister. Oh, look, here we go. We're going to go down. Th- thank okay. you for that. Uh, what, we, what we do. Uh, so professional translation providers use a tool. It's a cat tool or computer aided translation tool. Now, It is not machine translation. And that's something else important to know. Whenever you're comparing apples to apples, you want to make sure, are these humans or is it machine translation Mm. cleaned up by a human? Mm -hmm. That's another question you can ask. But what it is, is it's a tool. And I liken it to like a little suitcase. So you say, okay, I want to take this suitcase to Mexico, right? Mm -hmm. So they're going to take all of your English content in the one suitcase, Mm -hmm. and they're going to open up another suitcase that's packed for Mexico, and they're going to make segments that match all of those, um, you know, they're called segments, but all of the content, they're going to say, okay, we have this term here, we're going to match it with this term here. And then they unpack it and put it into a layout if if it's needed. It may mm-hmm. not be, it may just be text. But what happens then is that these two little suitcases are there and they're aligned 
And you can take that Spanish suitcase and you could repurpose it later on because what lives inside of there, that text, you can compare to future manuals or future content that you might need to have translated. And if there are matches, you get discounts on the translation. Okay. Okay. So they'll say, Oh, you've translated this before. So that's a perfect match to what we have in the suitcase. So instead of paying a hundred percent of the rate, you're going to pay 30%. Oh, so there's cost savings. There's Mm -hmm. cost savings. There's consistency. So they don't have to reinvent the wheel every time they translate to say, how did we translate that before? What term did we use? Oh, the reviewer changed this or that. All of that lives inside of the suitcase. So it's repurposed for consistency. So you have the same brand message, Mm -hmm. all the same experience for your Mm -hmm. users all the way around. And um, let's say not that you would want this to happen, but let's say things go south with your provider, you know, maybe, and this happens, right? People get bought out by other people. The service isn't the same. Mm -hmm. If you Mm -hmm. have your control of your translation memory, you can go somewhere else and you don't lose a thing. You have all of that information in there. So you don't have to retrain someone on what's our preferred terminology or how do we say this or what, right. it's all in that suitcase. But okay. if you don't have ownership of that suitcase sure. or you request it, I say, even though you can't open it, you don't have the software, always request it at least once a year so that way you have control. And I, I am so sorry, Gals, I will just ch- I will just run all day. It's fascinating. Oh, this is fascinating. No, this is you just gave valuable content yeah. you know, yeah. to everybody listening because asking for that, you know, once a year or even knowing to ask for something seems right. to me to be really important. I think all of us understand all the different areas where things can be repurposed today as we think about you know, you might be talking again about manuals, you referred to that, but then the marketing materials that take some information from mm-hmm. manuals. And then you think about the digital space and how we're all trying to move things onto a digital platform. How can you repurpose some of the those translations for the different markets that you're trying to do business in? I think these are the little things that really provide a great customer experience uh, if manufacturers can do it well, and if by teaching them this, you're saying, hey, there's a cost savings here if you can ask for this one bit of uh, information. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I have to say what I found really interesting about what you were saying that definitely gets overlooked and is going to be more important the more global we become in our communication is just that the turn of phrase, the branding, that all those subtle things, it's not, you know, I think maybe an ignorant way to think about translation is you're just moving words around from one language to the next. But what I heard you say there is that those word choices, the subtleties, the nuance that makes our message so powerful Mm. is contained within the database, right? So the TM is in fact a database and that database is what you're asking for. But my question is, would I, just a lay person, be able to understand what is in that? And if I can't, then how do I know what I'm getting or if it has any value? That's a great question. So Oh my goodness. I, like I said, I could go into this all day. <laughs> go but for it. <laughs> something, something that is important. 
you also opened up another little aspect of things is that um, that database is also, it's created by a human professional translator, okay. but it's preparing your company also for the future, for AI, for technology, for oh. things to eventually. Mm -hmm. So that is going to, that's how you're going to be able to build a great foundation yeah. to then take advantage of the advancing technology because technology is advancing so much with the, mm -hmm. with the machine translation. But going to your question, how do you know? I mean, I asked for the translation memory. How do I know that I have it, have what I need? And you don't have the software. You can't open it. So how do you know? Um, number one, if you translated a lot with someone, you're going to have a file that is um, going to be larger than just, let's say, a few bytes, right? Um, you So let's we've had people who have left other providers mm -hmm. and they've asked for the translation memory which they should release to you if you request it they're not obligated to if you haven't set it up at the start if oh, you okay. haven't established that at the start they're not obligated okay. to. Okay. but if they release it to you and you get it and you say wow that file size is really small and we've translated a lot of content you can send it to any translation provider and ask them to open it for you to see how much content is inside. And then you can kind of gauge and see, do you think that the amount, they can tell you how many words are inside of it, um, you know, how, how large of a translation memory it is. And so you can say, well, I'm, you know, I feel like I didn't get the whole thing. Yeah. But yeah. it's also important to know that every suitcase that you pack so let's say you make a, a Mexican Spanish translation for that target, and then you want to go to Europe. That's uh -huh. a whole nother suitcase. Mm -hmm. Sure. Okay. So you always want to ensure that you ask for the appropriate translation memory for whatever target it may be. And they can also edit and repurpose that translation memory. So let's say you might say, well, we have a Mexican Spanish, but we're going to Europe. Could you use what we have and modify it. That's a possibility, just depending on how large it is, you may just want to start new, mm -hmm. but um, mm -hmm. hopefully that's helpful. Um, but something that that is useful to know is if you ask for it in a .tmx extension. TM, let's hear that again, dot what? .tmx, and I'm sorry, I think one dot, of No, that's okay, .tmx, okay. Okay, so that's, that's the file type for TM. Right. Well, there are many different programs. There's Trados. There's there's many different programs out there that a professional translator might use to create the translation memory. But that's an interchangeable format that should work regardless of whatever program they may be using. Excellent. Awesome. I feel like this is golden knowledge. <laughs> oh, I'm so fascinated by this right yeah. now. It's so many like really? brain brain is exploding basically. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah. Because I, I, um, I just think that so many of our listeners probably have it maybe in like the back burner to be thinking about this stuff. And I mm -hmm. love that we're elevating mm -hmm. it to like a skill level, like here's what to do. Yeah. Thank you. Well, yeah. Thank you. I, I, yes. So fast. And, and it is. And I should um, quiet my reminders here. They're very loud. loud but, <laughs> uh, it, it's important also that um, like you mentioned, Chris, marketing may have a need. 
while mm -hmm. you might have engineering with another need, and they may be talking to two different providers. Mm -hmm. But if you have a centralized place where everyone could grab the translation memory, then, you know, everyone can contribute to the growth of that asset, yes. as well as to the management of that asset mm -hmm. to ensure mm -hmm. that you're maximizing your investment. Yeah. So um, I think that just having that, you know, I'm all about knowledge is power. And if you have the power to know to ask for that asset and that it's something that should be shared company-wide, mm -hmm. you could save a lot of money as well as have a better outcome for sure. sales, for the end user, for whoever may be interacting with that localized content. Yeah. So, so Trish, this is great information. And this is as of like today and going forward, I know how to ask that this question, but what if I've already engaged a language service provider and I didn't know about this, the translation memory, what, what, what would you recommend? What, what should I do? That's, that's a great question. And um, as I mentioned before, you can ask for it. Mm -hmm. Um, I've run into varied replies from customers as to, well, I tried, but my people aren't there anymore and I can't get it. So, and that happens, but I have had people able to retrieve a translation memory. You don't want to get it if the quality, if you left because of the quality, if you yeah. left because of the quality, it's best to leave it behind and start new. Oh, good but advice. if you are able to gain any of it from a previous provider, we can reuse and repurpose it. We can even check it for you. Anyone can check it and say, well, you know, the quality doesn't seem to be so great or we can merge together. So let's say you didn't know, we've already started one for you. And you say, oh shoot, I didn't know that we had this already existing one. You can merge your translation memories together and your LSP or language service provider can resolve any conflicts for you and ask, um, and they can pull out the key terminology and they can say, here's what we have. Uh, we have this in English, this in French. What terms do you want us to keep and which mm -hmm. ones do you want us to throw out? Sure. Um, so it's it's helpful no, no matter what stage you're at. If you're able to get it, it's useful information. If it was from a quality provider, you definitely don't just want to leave it in the dustbin. But we can recreate um, a translation memory in, in a sense where we can align, let's say you have a translated manual and, an, you know, the matching English, we can create, um, but oftentimes the cost to do that, to, to align all the segments, it may not be worth it, but mm -hmm. you can always get the quote to see how much it would be if you think that, oh, I have a lot of manuals like this one. So maybe if you could align things for me. I'd really like to build a translation memory based on this. And sometimes people do that if they have, let's say you had an individual, and this happens a lot. I know of one, one company that this person's retiring. I really feel for them because they really counted on them for a lot of their uh, translated content. Right. And so they really want that person's brain. Oh, that person's leaving and we're losing all that knowledge, right? But if that person could provide a baseline manual, right, that aligns with the English, you can capture that knowledge and, and feed it into that database. Mm -hmm. And then um, not only will the translators who take over for that person know 
that knowledge of how do we say things, how do, you know, how, how would we address that? But also, as I mentioned, going forward with technology, you're also training technology, you know, it, it, it's learning what your preferences are. Mm -hmm. And so you're then building um, the future if you're able to do that. So yeah. whatever you can leverage, please, you know, just grab onto it. Oh, this was very helpful. I think people will get a lot out of this information. So mm -hmm. thank you. I'll use your words. It was powerful. So thanks for that. <laughs> All right. We're going to move into our next segment. We don't want to skip such a fun part of the show, which is to finish the sentence. I just learned that. And uh, Lori, I'm going to go to you first. Sure. So I was chatting about my really fun video shoot day yesterday, and I wanted um, to share that experience online. So I did a quick little research on, well, where is video at in the digital ecosystem, um, especially around brands? And I learned that nine out of 10 viewers right now say they want to see more video from their brands and businesses. More, more video. And this blew my mind. On average, um, people are watching about 100 minutes of video a day online. Wow. Isn't that insane? <laughs> That's fascinating. On average? Yes. <laughs> That's a lot of video. That's a lot of video. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I don't know if I could do that 100 minutes, maybe. Well, That's a lot I mean, of it's like. It's a, about an hour and a half. I mean, if you yeah. think about the chunks of time, you know, you watch a 30 second and our five minute or whatever, yeah. they add up right. pretty quick. Yeah. Well, wow. okay. Depending on what your job is. I can imagine. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Sure. All right, Aaron. I just learned that. Oh, well, this is a total departure. I just <laughs> learned that. So, you know, the Beatles, the band from the sixties, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> their famous haircut the like okay. mop top Beatles haircut. Mm -hmm. Apparently their band member, Stu, who did not make it into the Fab Four famous part of it. He had that haircut first and they were like angry with him. They said, you're ruining our look. We do this other hair. And his girlfriend was like, no, nope, this is the, this is what he's doing. And um, they were like, well, okay. And they tried it out. And we all know what happened with that haircut. It was like the sensation. So um, I learned that from this book that I'm reading and I'll recommend it to folks because I think it's just very interesting called Status and Culture. It was just released yesterday. So oh, we'll put it in the show notes. Okay. Are you listening to it or reading? I'm always curious. I, I'm reading it, but I think it would be really interesting to listen to. I don't know if the audio version has been released yet, but it's, okay. yeah, it's intriguing. Great. Chris, what about you? Chris? All right. So we are a Jeep Wrangler family. Anybody have Jeep Wranglers? Oh, oh, it's, yeah. it's my next vehicle. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, we keep talking about how our next vehicle, we want an electric vehicle. So we've been saying this for a while now, but we keep exploring what are the electrical vehicle options out there. And there haven't been many to choose from and it's still early and you know it's not as early for some and it's uh and it's early for others but jeep just announced oh did they they're gonna that? have a 2024 in 2024 they're gonna have two uh, options of vehicles one's gonna be the jeep recon uh, which is gonna be the size of a wrangler yeah or, they're long the longer jeep right they're like yeah the 
the Jeep. Yeah. And it's going to compete like with the Bronco Sport. So that's going to be their fully EV one. And then they have, uh, uh, what is the other one? It's a Wagoneer. The Jeep Wagoneer is also coming out in 2024. That's going to be their um, more stylish SUV type, midsize, um, high end luxury kind of. So it it won't be a Wrangler, uh, but you know, they're coming, which gives us hope because, you know, part of that Jeep tribe and there's just something special about that. So I thought it was interesting, but they do have one going into Europe. So those two I mentioned are for North America and they have uh, a different one going to Europe next year. I think it's called the Jeep Angler or something like that. So I don't know. Great news. I don't know if EVs are interesting to everybody else, but I've been exploring them for many years. Sure. Do they have, do they, they have a hybrid right now, right? Jeep does. They may. I think they do because I was. That's what I was looking at. Um, okay. So when you, I, yeah, you probably yeah. the the hybrid that's the plug-in. So we're kind of waiting to hope some kind of a, a truck comes along that's mm. a, a a plug-in hybrid, um, so that if you know you do do some. I don't know. We're romanticizing major off-road trips where we're far away <laughs> from a charging station. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I love when we romanticize oh, I things. It. I love it. <laughs> so optimistic about the future. Yeah. Well, okay, Trish. Yeah. yeah. Could you finish the sentence? Oh, I oh, just learned so that. Well, <laughs> as of the taping of the show, I, I just learned that the queen is no longer with us. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was just thinking about, we were talking before the show started just about how um, just so many women are so inspirational. Uh, you know, she was, she was one. And um, I just wanted to say, I just learned three new women to admire today with your, um, with your show. Erin uh, <laughs> was oh. hosting a Twitter uh, conversation and Lori was, you know, taking aerial photography for a customer <laughs> and Chris was, you know, so busy. She couldn't even get up. Uh, <laughs> her counter was not, and, and the show goes on and just the strength and the, uh, just, uh, just admiration for everyone. Oh, so. And it's mutual. This yeah. has been great. I love sure. when our audience has the chance to take away a new skill. And thank you for sharing that with everyone. Well, thank yeah. you for the opportunity. And in the show notes, if any of your uh, listeners would like a free sample of translation, we're happy to do that as well great. as some um, hopefully awesome. supportive information to help them. Yeah. Where should they go for that, Trish? If you just want, if people wanted to reach out to you, uh, where do you recommend they go? Well, they could go to our website at terralinguatranslations.com, but I know that that's quite a mouthful. So uh, you can find me on LinkedIn at Trish Stewart. But uh, like I said, if it's all right for me to share in the show notes, some helpful uh, videos and references, some tips, I'd be happy to share that with your listeners. Awesome. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much. That's it. We'll be joining you soon for another show. Thanks, Trish. Sounds great, everyone. Have a good day. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye. This wraps up today's broadcast. If you're looking to shake up the status quo at your organization or just want to connect with these broads, visit mfgbroadcast.com. Contact Lori Hybe for your strategic digital marketing initiatives. 
Contact Chris Harrington for OEM and aftermarket digital solutions. And contact Aaron Courtney for web-based solutions for your complex business problems. We've got a great offer specifically for our listeners. You can find more information about the offers and your hosts at mfgbroadcasts.com. Thank you.